Paola Buonadonna. I'm at NISA's Economic Measurement and Analysis Conference. I'm not sure what the collective noun for a gathering of eminent macroeconomists might be, but I'm positively surrounded by them. They've gathered here today to honour the career of a former NISA director, Martin Wheel, and hopefully offer some enlightenment to non-economists like me about what the big challenges for economic forecasting, modelling and policymaking are. I'm going to first of all talk to the current director of the Institute, Professor Jajit Chadha. Uh, uh, Jajit, a collective noun for eminent macroeconomists? Yes, we've often discussed this over uh, drinks, what the collective noun for macroeconomists is. And uh, one very popular one amongst many of my colleagues was a white noise of economists. But I think there are certain connotations about white noise last year that maybe we don't want to capitalise We don't want to go there. No, I think so. So I'm going to suggest we go for an assumption of of macroeconomists. Fair enough. Mm. Now, turning to today's proceedings, um, how would you summarise Martin Wheel's contribution to economics? What what can we learn from his research about economic modelling and measurement? I think Martin's approach to economics comes from very careful analysis of the data. That's where he starts from. Sort of wonderful understanding of national accounts. The whole system of national accounts was closely connected with the people who mentored him early in his career. Um, people like James Mead and people like Richard Stone were integral parts of his early career. And, and so, in a sense, he comes from the school which says if we need to understand, first we need to measure. He doesn't start his analysis from some theory that may or not be right or some perspective that depends upon what other people have written. It's always about what does the data tell us. And I think if I was going to say anything about Martin, that's what I like to think he can do, is tell us what the data can tell us. What are you hoping it will emerge from, from the conversations, the presentations that we're going to have today? Well, we have a remarkable set of people who have all worked with Martin extensively over his long career. People who are telling us to think hard about what it is we're projecting when we do a forecast. There are people who also tell us how policy can be informed by forecasts. Uh, there are other areas in which people are working as well, the understanding of international earnings, what is the impact of migration in the economy? Does it lower wages or does it increase wages? We have uh, leaders of opposition not being clear on that earlier in the week at all, and it actually depends on whether new workers are complementary or substitutes to existing workers. We, you know, we don't know, we can't really tell. I think explaining all these things, which is so unfortunately poorly misunderstood, will be the key contribution of conferences such as this. And these contributions, of course, will all have implications for how macroeconomists see the world. To help me unpack what the challenges are facing the profession today, I'm joined by David Vines, Professor of Economics at Oxford University. Macro models are essential for helping policymakers run the economy, but they're also discredited. The models that we had first of all, didn't give any idea that there would be the crisis in 2008. And they also haven't helped us understand why the recovery has been so slow. Central to the new developments is understanding how the financial system works and the role of risks in making a difference. People aren't investing enough and the risk underlying the economy at the moment is the reason for that, and that's not in the models. That's our research agenda. What can we learn from from Martin Wheel's contribution? Martin uh, did huge good work with modelling, 
I began working with Martin uh, many years ago in, in the 1980s, and there we worked on the problem that's now central, how to connect fiscal policy and monetary policy. Uh, at the moment, when the economy is at the zero bound, the economy needs to be more actively managed by fiscal policy. And the period of austerity has misunderstood this problem. Now, as David Vines said, understanding financial markets is a key aspect of economists' current research agenda. I'm now joined by Andrew Harvey, who's a professor of econometrics at the University of Cambridge and an ESA fellow. Andrew, you're an expert in modelling volatility in financial markets. Um, can you tell me something about how volatility is linked to real-life events, such as the crash of 07 or 08? Yes, we, we look at volatility in, for example, stock markets and in other economic variables. And what you often find is there's increasing volatility as a crisis approaches. So if you look at 2007, for example, 2008, what you find is volatility in the stock market gradually increases. And then, of course, it gets to the final point with Lehman Brothers, where it all crashes. But there were indications, as I say, in the increasing volatility before that, that something was afoot. I think it would be fair to characterise the financial crisis of 0708 as an extreme event. And, and in your presentation today, you, you had interesting things to say about extreme and unpredictable events, the game changers, so to speak. Um, can your research tell us something about how we can deal with such events? The way we deal with these things statistically is um, by having models that are enable are able to allow for extreme events. So we have distributions which allow for what we call fat tails. In other words, now and then extreme events will happen. And often when we're building the models and we're find, trying to find general trends, general movements, we don't want to be thrown off course by taking too much account of those extreme events. On the other hand, we need to take account of them because we have to be aware that those extreme events are often going to have some impact. So we need to know something about the, the probabilities that they're going to arise. The impact of the financial crisis has been well documented, but policymakers are now facing a new challenge, the so-called productivity puzzle. To talk about this, I'm joined by Mary O'Mahony, Professor of Applied Economics at King's College London and NISA Fellow. Uh, Mary, first of all, what is the productivity puzzle? The productivity puzzle is the finding that in the past decade or so, um, across a range of industrialised countries, there appears to have been a reduction in the growth rate of productivity um, despite quite strong output growth. So this is a puzzle because we would have expected the trend rate of productivity growth to be similar um, to what it was in the past. Output is increasing and we're employing more people, but those people are less productive. Ultimately, to get increases in standard of living, it's productivity that matters. You've been doing a lot of work on this issue. What has your research focused on? Most of the research I've been involved in is measuring productivity across um, industrialised countries using a harmonised method. So we, we compare uh, European countries with the United States, with Japan, with Australia and Canada. Um, I'm part of a, a large European work network, uh, which includes Martin Wheel, 
who, who have devoted most of their working lives to, to, to these measurements. What we emphasised mostly was the importance of service sectors in driving productivity growth, particularly in the United States, and in particular in service sectors that are intensive users of information technology. So what, what the findings showed is that the United States seemed to have got a, uh, a, an acceleration in growth in service sectors, and that was not matched in Europe in general, although up to the point of the financial crisis, Britain seemed to be doing better than other European countries in this respect. However, since the financial crisis, UK productivity growth has slowed down. Why might that be the case? One reason why Britain might be more affected is, is, is Britain is much more concentrated in those service sectors which are very intensive users of ICT, um, for example, business services, professional services, financial services. So they've been probably more affected by a downturn which might be related to those service sectors. So we need to resolve this productivity puzzle. What is your research going to be centering on going forward? Going forward, I'll be working with um, NISA in the new ONS Centre um, for Excellence in Economic Statistics. And one of the issues here, um, a measurement issue in terms of the productivity puzzle, is we, in, in those sectors that seem to have, um, the, the sectors that were, um, show the acceleration of growth before the financial crisis, those services sectors, we do not actually measure output very well. Mm. We measure sales of those services, but we don't have any good handle on deflators. And one of the things, or the areas of research that I'm going to be working on is to try to see if we can um, understand what are the constraints in terms of getting better measures of um, deflators, particularly for business and professional services. These services are inputs to a large number of other industries and so it's not that just the direct effect of those services on their own output but also on outputs of other industries. It's the end of the day and I've managed to get a few minutes with the man of the moment, Martin Wheel himself, currently a professor of economics at King's College London and an honorary NISA fellow. Uh, Martin, first of all I have to ask, how does it feel to have a whole conference dedicated to you? Well, obviously I see it as a very great honour and I'm very grateful to uh, those friends and colleagues of mine who have talked today and also those who have taken the trouble to come and listen. I suppose inevitably it's an indication of age and uh, what stops me thinking it's an indication of extreme old age is uh, that one of my former teachers is among those giving a paper, David Vines. Now, there are lots of challenges facing the UK economy today. As the breadth of today's conference has shown, your research um, has focused on many of them. Uh, what would you say is the most urgent problem facing us now? Well, I think the biggest problem facing the UK economy is how to handle the issue of Brexit. Uh, whether it's the most urgent, I'm not sure. I think it is the most urgent because... Uh, no, it's something that has to be dealt with one way or another over the next two years. The importance of getting Brexit right is that it's well known there are gains from trade and if we end up with new arrangements which limit trade then no, the evidence of long-standing is that will have a cost to it. The rather more recent evidence built up over the last 20 or 30 years is that there's likely to be a substantial cost in productivity, not just a cost in terms of people not being able to buy the things that uh, they would like to be able to buy. 
And looking back at your work, what, what aspect of your research do you see as most pertinent for um, the UK economy today? In other words, um, uh, what, what, what should people go away and read? Which paper of yours would be most useful to go and get hold of now? Well, I think if I look back at my work over, say, the last 30, 35 years, the underlying theme has been the importance of saving that uh, you know, we hear a lot about, or we used to hear a lot about, controlling inflation as being the key to sound uh, economic management. Uh, I have always wanted to make the point that it's also important that the country saves enough to provide for the future, creates arrangements where people aren't disappointed by what they get when old age comes. Thank you very much, Martin. Well, our conference has come to an end. I can see an assumption of economists filing down the stairs, still deep in conversation. I bet they're headed to the pub.